online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. London tonight. <laughs> You're listening to Radio 2. This is Russell Brand. That was The Doors. Touch me, baby. And that end bit does sound a bit like the regional news programme. London tonight's opening theme tune. It's on another network, and it's we probably shouldn't talk about it, should we, Matt? No. Normally the news they broadcast on there is filthy lies. I watched it yesterday and they said we were being invaded by squid people who I can't imagine how they're going to cope on land, those squid idiots. Don't trust London tonight. So what a show it's going to be. Do you think, Matt? It's going to be brilliant, isn't it? Matt Morgan, you're in charge of those buttons there. We're in the and Ken look Bruce. at my buttons! All right, I'm not, I'm not acquisitively looking at them. I'm not covertively, covertously looking at them. We're in the Ken Bruce studio today, not the Wogan studio. Often we're in the Wogan studio. It's all the same to me, mate. Don't make the a difference. Buttons. All the same buttons. Unless you're in Manchester and they're made of Lego. Oh, yeah, up in Manchester. There literally is Lego. Not, this is not an attack on Manchester, a, a region that we have a great deal of respect and love for, but the buttons up there in the BBC studio, one of them's held down by a bit of Lego, isn't it? Mm. Why would they do that? Why are they, just, why are they making out of Lego for? We've got our fish now, Christoph. He's in the studio. He was rescued from the jaws of death. I don't want to draw comparisons between myself and the great Oscar Schindler and his rescue. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm saying I don't want to, but that, that fish was going to be killed by a woman called Deborah. Then young Mr. Nibs, the valet, manservant of the show, valiantly went up to Brum and uh, rescued him from that Deborah woman who gave over Mr. Nibs, he gave Mr. Nibs Christoph the fish in a dog poo bag. But well, that is just a bag that would have been used for dog food, wasn't well, it? All right, all right. Well, it was that mentality. All right, all right. All right, guy, I hear ya. But then what about dog's chocolate, then? Is that just chocolate that ends up in a dog's mouth, or is it a special kind of more powdery chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't taste like chocolate, does it? Doesn't it? Don't try and put an interrogative tone on the end of that, as if you haven't spent your whole ridiculous life in Dartford scoffing <laughs> dog's chocolate nervously in a closet. Well, dogs don't care about chocolate. No, 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 they don't. Do you know what else I found out about the other day? Gerbil chocolate. There's gerbil what? chocolate now. That's that getting out of control. Tiny little Bars. Tiny, <laughs> tiny little balls. Here, here's a controversial thing to say that I'll say now. I heard, and it's unsubstantiated, in fact, insubstantiated, <laughs> that, uh, right, Milky, you know, uh, Milky White, the Milky Bar kid is strong and tough, and all the best is good enough. You know that little punk? Yeah. I met one of them anyway, right? He was older now. He, he was, I'll tell you what, he weren't white and white no more, the way he carried on, the way he was living his yeah, life. Though. But he anyway. He had introduced himself. I used to be a Milky Bar kid. Yeah, he just goes, all right, he goes, you might recognise this, the milky bars are on me. And <laughs> <laughs> pointed up at his face. Was he very blonde? He was, he was, no, even his blondness had faded in this much the same way as Because they're like Doctor Who's, because they, like, all the, they, sort well, of every two it. years they changed it, didn't they? Yeah, they do. They don't take much risks with them milky bar kids, do they? They're always like little Aryan kids. It's I'd like racist, to see. Where, why don't they, have they still got them have a black milky bar kid. Why not? But like, hold on, but how is he gonna be associated with Milky Bars if he's a black lad? Bleach his hair. Bleach his hair! It's simple as that, like Middlesbrough's uh, defender Xavier. Yeah, he could bleach his hair. It looked good like that. Or that Sisse at Liverpool used to have done. Right, okay, but that's not my point. My point is, right, for like, you know how Milky Bars are packaged with uh, a like, bit of tinfoil? No, right? they're not anymore. 
They are again, because they started packaging them in plastic, in, in pure plastic, normal chocolate bar wrappers, sales dramatically fell. Really? Yeah. Because Kit Kat did the same, didn't they? They used to be, remember that nice feeling of going, shh, along yeah, the foil? Yeah, you can't do it. Do you know why? And people suspect that the sales were dramatically affected because drug users would buy a cheap 25p milky bar and uh, use that bit of tinfoil for drug true. use. So all I'm was... saying is, <laughs> milky bars, <laughs> milky bars are on me, should normally be muttered by a hunched junkie sat in a doorway. But isn't that foil too thin to burn on? <gasps> Matt Morgan there reveals at last it's not if you double it over. True colours, true colours. Never do any drugs at all, ever. Do no, oh, well, I don't know, just don't, because it's against the law, isn't it? So just don't do them. But they are losers. Took some awful business. I don't take, li I take, literally have no drugs at all these days. Right, it's going to be a hell of a show. Later on, we might or might not bother to ring up Noel Gallagher. He was very funny on the last show, wasn't he, Matt? He was brilliant. Drunk. Really, he was, yeah, he was really drunk. And after the show, I spoke to him. He goes, oh, "Could you, like, um, like Sarah says, I should take out a bit about like saying I want to write for the Daily Mail because it might, it might like, make me look bad, right?" But also in that thing, he goes, "Let's execute everyone boasting about how hard he was." <laughs> so that, my favourite bit was there's a really funny bit in the show where he goes, like, when Noel Gallagher turns turns away because we'd said that thing, like, you know, that disputable point about uh, Liam Gallagher's thumbs and like diminutive yet elegant, beautiful hands, and there's a bit where, like, uh, like we'd explained to Noel the nature of our view on that subject, and Noel turns to Sarah MacDonald, his girlfriend, and goes, Hey, Sarah, Sarah, um, Russell's saying Liam's got forms like cashew nuts, has he? <laughs> 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 it's really lovely to hear that sentence spoken if by someone else. If that gets in the papers, that's going to make people think, that's that's just an insane story. Yeah, I know, look weird Russell written Brand. down. Brand. Randy Weirdo Brand <laughs> claims uh, uh, yeah. his hands are like cashew nuts. <laughs> It'll look really good written down, won't it? Sometimes them things look odd. So, yeah, so we'll, talk, we'll give him a ring a bit later. Now, we are trying to re uh, reconcile Richard Hillgrove, showbiz agent to Stephen Seagal, once of Chris Eubank and formerly of Duncan Bannatyne. Uh, and the reason that it's formerly with Duncan Bannatyne is because we caused a rift on this very show a couple of weeks ago when Seagal was on. Now, last week we left a series of messages for Duncan Bannatyne, one taunting him for hurling a, a ship's captain into the water when he himself was a sailor, uh, another asking him to get back with Richard Hillgrove, and Noel Gallagher left him a message. Today, we are going to speak to Duncan Bannatyne and really push for a reconciliation between him and his cowboy, literal cowboy, PR man, agent Richard are Hillgrove. Are actually going to speak to him, or is this just one of your... What, vain, idle, empty yeah. boasts? Is this going to happen? Well, he's, apparently, the people that, that produce our radio show, Matt, if you just look through that glass window at that collection of giddy idiots who I'm surprised aren't clamping their lips to that window <laughs> or rubbing their breasts like Midnight Express, them lot in there, they've said that we can talk to Duncan Bannatyne. So That's hopefully we'll be talking to Bannatyne, achieving reconciliation. Also, uh, Mr Nibs, the, the, uh, our little valet, he is in the show. So uh, what we want, because Mr Nibs bought us our little fish, Christoph, who he looks fit as a fiddle. I don't know why that woman Deborah up in Birmingham wanted to kill him. He looks all right. Have you seen him, Matt? Swimming around, I he's can't fine. See him, but for the leaves. I know there's too many leaves in that fishbowl. Apparently, everyone's talking about it. Parky, Wogan, O'Leary, all them lot have been like commenting on our fish and that. I want to know what they've been saying. They're not coating him off, are they? No. Well, they would have poured something in the water or done something bad, wouldn't they, if they were against I him? I bet. I bet. I reckon uh, Wogan uses it as a trough for his nuts. <laughs> I reckon Wogan hovers above that fishbowl and like just that just uses it as a little nut trough to. <laughs> Cool him down. Cools off his piles, innit? <laughs>
He's not got piles. Maybe he's got. Yes. Must suppose so. Let's not judge people with piles. Who cares? Right. So um, yeah, we want a friend for Christoph. Send us more fish for Christoph. Little mates. Matt said, "Let's fill that bowl till it's bulging." The lunatic. We won't do that. No, but uh, I think with fish, like say someone gives us um, like, some fish might fight each other. That's what I'm trying to say. Might they? We do want that. Don't want it might be quite interesting. We don't for want a bit. it though, but it, it's a shame, isn't it? Something like dog fighting, because you think on one level that'll be entertaining, but on another level, poor bloody dogs. Dog fighting's rightly banned and illegal. Right, let's listen to what should we listen to now? So over the course of the show, we're going to reconcile Bannertine and Hillgrove. We'll talk to an old Gallagher. We'll try and ring some other people out of the phone. And oh, it's an exciting news about on my vibro sock. Exciting news on your vibro sock. Last two weeks ago, Matt claimed to come up with an invention. It was just a lot of mind muck, as far as I could work out. He said, wouldn't it be good to have a, a sock that you could put on a, a mobile phone in that could wake you up if you were a nurse? Right, yes, rubbish. by the vibration, not the sound. Right, by the so, so it didn't wake so up your nurse partner. Yeah. Yeah? Well, you want to talk to Bannertine about that, don't well, you? I wouldn't mind, but someone's actually made one, so... Really? We've got... I've had well, some you've got a physical one here? Yeah. Let's have a look at it. See ya. Right, so this is the vibro sock invented by Matt. I'll just describe it to you. Someone actually, in an inventor, invented it for you. Well, no, I invented it. All right, you're the... It's just some socks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't looked in that. You idiot! Yeah. What's it? It's not got any qualities! Hang on a minute. Hold on, oh, Mr. Nibs is saying there's a pouch on his side. Right, it's a. Mm, not yeah, bad. It has got a pouch. Yeah, but it'd just be a, vi a vague vibration on your ankle. Yeah, if it's, if it's an invention you're after, lads. <laughs> Fish your eyes on these beauties. My gay pants! They <laughs> don't look good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what? I like it. And do you know what? Why is it. Is, you know, it says man's. Ma what's that say? Man's man store. I like man's it. Store. It, makes it looks like man's tour. Man's tour on your genitals. <laughs> pack them back in the front of your knickers. <laughs> I like it. Well, I've got these pants that scoop all your nuts and winkle right forward. Makes them look like they're about to do a burglary. They're <laughs> made of really, really thin tights material. What? Are they the ones you've had for ages? Yeah, I found them because I'm moving out. So oh, I'm going off to, to Hawaii to do me uh, film. He's coming here with a right load of jumble trying to palm it off onto me. We'll talk about your gifts, you ungracious man, <laughs> in a matter of moments. What are we going to listen to now, Matthew? Elvis Presley, the king. Oh, let's listen to this little guy from Memphis. Truck driver, you say? King Creole, Elvis Presley, Russell Brand, Radio 2. So, yes. Okay, what have we got to sort out? We've got a lot of things to contend with. Bannertine's got to be reunited with Richard Ilgrove. Noel Gallagher's got to confront some of his Mosley-esque right-wing views. All that coming up. But first of all, we've got some woman on the phone. What is it? Oh, yeah, she's going to help us with our goldfish. Now, we had a, a distraught goldfish brought all the way down from the Midlands by Mr Nibs, our sort of servant. We're going to think of some other things for you to do, young man. All right, because we've got this 18-year-old lad. We might as well make You're use of him. Pointing your finger. So we're going to think some other things, you <laughs> dumb man. My garden. <laughs> I'm surprised to get ready around your house to do your packing. Yeah. Come around and do my packing, <laughs> little layabout. What's he contributed to this show next to naught? A fish. And Matthew, I've bought you out of what I can only describe as incredible kindness. All my... I'm wearing the leather jacket you gave right. me. I bought, I've like, cleaned out my cupboards because I'm moving out and that. Bought him a lovely leather jacket and some nice T-shirts. You should have seen him going through them, discarding them he like they a pop idol He gave me a T-shirt. Oh, no, this will <laughs> never do. <laughs> dreary, dreary, dreary. <laughs> Well, half of them have got... Mine's got an H-bomb, a nuclear bomb in it, saying H-bomb. Yeah. I'm gonna wear that. Hello, guys, the bomb's arrived. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? 
<laughs> I mean, I'm very grateful. <laughs> okay, one well, of them, and I don't know what this is made of. Or why. It's, yeah, it's covered in old ladies' white pubic hair. That is not pubic hair. What is that cat hair? Might be. I'm allergic to cats. Why do you do it? <laughs> do what you, is that? Do you remember? I think it's probably some sort of animal hair. I expect, but I can't imagine from where. Cause, rats, like, yeah. those white rats. You oh imagine. yeah, those white rats. Christ, they deserved better, didn't Was they? This, were these t-shirts their bedding or something? No, they've not been. <laughs> I didn't gr drag them out the back of a rodent cage. Look at this thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I mean, I am. I'm not being ungrateful. Yeah. But that's a nice t shirt. Jimmy Somerville would say, Oh no, I better not wear that. I don't want to give people the wrong impression. Um, hey, Lee, yeah, oh, I thought they were very pleasant gifts. Do you remember? I've told you that as a younger man, I developed a sort of a fixation with vanilla ice. I thought, I'll tell you how I can look more like vanilla oh, ice. God, dog can, hair. Yeah, some dog hair. I cut a lock of blonde dog's hair off a dog. <laughs> And just paint Your dog? It. No, it's like one of my dad's girlfriends. She had this sort of a lap dog type right. dog. Cut a lock of blonde hair off it. Just inserted that in the front of my own hair. Problem solved. So any of you keen to emulate either Vanilla Ice or indeed Dickie Davis, simply shear a dog and spray that dog's hair into your own hair. We've got someone on the phone now uh, who's going to help us with a fish. She claims to be called Kerry. Thus far, we've not got a shred of evidence to support that that's her real name. Kerry, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Are you alright, dear? Yes, I'm fine. You sound to me like you are on tenterhooks. What's going on in your life that's making you on edge? Um, maybe something to do with speaking to you, Russell. Right, right, that will put people on edge. Now, you know we've got one fish, Christoph. Uh, he's undergone a great deal of stress. Recently, his wife died, and he's been swimming sort of sideways. He's doing one of those, I don't wish to be overly scatological, Matt, but yeah, look at the coming fish. Out. Don't say it. He's got a little chain out of the back of him. He's got a streamer, like he's a one, like a one fish little wedding <laughs> car. He's got a little, <laughs> he's got a, a streamer coming out of the back of him. Now, have you, have you got some way of helping him? Yes. What is it, Kerry? Well, my brother mm. breeds tropical fish. Sexy. Which is a very strange little thing that he does. As a hobby? It, yeah. I've always been interested in this. Now, where, because a fish lays its eggs, don't he, on the seabed, then another fish comes along and just... Eats them. Eats them? Well, yeah. how did the babies ever happen? Well, you have to stop the other fish from eating them. Christ, nature's cruel, isn't it, Matt? Nature's cruel and harsh. It's a miracle that we've evolved as far as we have. One fish lays the eggs, then another one just comes along and eats it before a male fish can come and ejaculate on it, fertilising those <laughs> That's eggs. That's not how it works. Is it like that? I have absolutely no idea, but maybe. I think it is. It, I think it is. I saw a programme. Yeah. Yeah, a nice thing to... Yeah, it was hardly high, but <laughs> I, I was able to work out from what Ted was saying. Spark, spark, just suppose a carrot spark. Aha, uh -huh, ejaculate on the eggs, you mean, Ted. And why wouldn't you? <laughs> and then three yellow coats driving me to distraction every Sunday, then three women. Oh, Ruth Maddox. Maddox. You like to Oh, hello. Hello, campus. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, she had, she had repressed She's sexual sexy, energy. They had those little mini skirts on. Yeah, they did. I like the way all of them dressed. They were a kinky, sexy old bunch. Now, <laughs> hold on, just about the cruel indifference of nature, right, I had these gerbils, Barney it was called, that was the first one. Barney begat about eight gerbils, and then they themselves begat gerbils. Pretty soon I was I the head. Begat. I will say begat. It says it in the Bible, don't it? I was yeah, their god. What was it called again, this gerbil? Barney was the first one. It doesn't go together. What do you mean, Barney and begat? It's Methuselah, isn't it? <laughs> all right, then, I'll call it Joshua or something. Joshua okay. begat 
Job and Pepe <laughs> <laughs> and snip snip. Anyway, they had that sort of a, like the second generation, the first generation of babies were quite well behaved, right? But l listen, as they tumbled through the generations, there was a fierce rivalry sprang up, say like in Dallas, and like one I, one day I woke up and one of the gerbil dynasties at the baby of another gerbil dynasty clutching its paws like a rugby ball and was just eating it like it was a pineapple. <laughs> That's generally what happens with the fish eggs. Just gnawing into it. Nature is cold. Can you eat a pineapple? Mm, I don't know, but I mean, proportionately, imagine we were yeah, eating a yeah. pineapple. That was like the proportion of it, just gnawing into its head. How do you know they were in two different dynasties? Because, like, what I see that one have eight babies or something, and, like, and then, like, you know, I go, thought, right, you lot, stay away, she's got to nourish and nurture them. Next morning, I woke up, they were eating them. Oh, God. But that's nature's way, Matt, and there's no way of disputing it. So if, like, we were to say, get tired of Mr. Nibs, it's <laughs> hard <laughs> <laughs> to boot him to death. You know, it would just be nature's way. So in a, in a way, it's not a, it's not surprising that there's crime and violence in the world. It's surprising that there's not more when dr we're driven by such base impulses. I'm not suggesting that we are gerbils or fish eating f up fish eggs, but we are a bit like them. Now, can we have the... So, go on, then. Your brother breeds tropical fish, then, Kerry? Yeah. Well, how's that help us? Well, because... Christoph's then we can not make, tropical. We can find out what Christoph mm. wants, what sort of girlfriend he wants, and we can breed one to be exactly like that, and then it'd be really happy. Mm, genetically engineering, like sort of weird science for uh, fish. Yeah, it could work. Sort of an aquatic... I reckon, if I know Christoph, and I do, he's going to want a sexy little fish with dirty, great fish knockers. Yeah. <laughs> and really loose ethics. Like, no real understanding of right and wrong. Get in there. Um, well, I think he's just a humble goldfish because he's just in a bowl. We haven't got any. We're not heating it or anything, are we? Let's try and get a fish that looks just like his wife because yeah. his memory won't be too good. And, and he'll just think she's come back from yeah. beyond the grave. Yeah. All right. No, not from beyond the grave, just from down the shops. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's to him is as abstract as a grave mat. The yeah, concept of death and a shop to a fish are both as mysterious and fantastic as each other, I would imagine, in the mind of a fish, if we could dare to dream. Uh, Kerry, what yeah. I reckon we want is just a regular goldfish, but that's a bit of a slag. So if you can send us one of them, just get one a normal... From the fair. Get one from the fair, yeah, yeah, like bag, some, yeah. Bag. No, 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 oh, cool little the cow. Fair. They die quickly. Mm, do they? Why? Because they've had hard because, lives. I don't know. Yeah, because they live in a plastic bag. All right, and they get, die. All right, fair enough. Nice well, look, Christoph travelled down here in a dog muck sack, and he's fit <laughs> as a fiddle. What I suggest, get yeah, get one off your brother, the tropical fish breeder, then sort yeah. of just draw a, a sort of bikini on it with tipex, and right. then send it to us. So they okay. just it'll be a right saucy little bleeder. Why is Christoph only got lipstick as well? Yeah, I would like one with lipstick, like, like out of Tom and Jerry, yeah. That yeah. would be nice. But actually, I'm thinking about it. I don't need to do anything harmful because we love animals, don't we? So right. just get us a normal fish. It'd be great to have it. How are you going to get it here? Where do you live? Um, in Dorset. That's far. Do you mm. Nibs, Mr. Nibs, Nibs, you're going on a trip to Dorset. <laughs> Will you keep us in touch, please, oh, Kerry? Dorset. Yeah. He went, oh, Mr. Nibs, he's all 18. He don't know about life yet. He's just all just beaming. He may not even had it off or anything or probably experienced real loss. But over the next <laughs> few weeks, we're going to inflict both of those things on him in the death, sex, Nietzschean showdown that we're constructing for him. Um, right, so, yeah, Mr. Nibs will come and get fish, but make sure your brother's got the perfect fish for him. Could yep. you send us some photos? Right okay. away, please, of the types right. of fish that we can uh, hope to expect. Okay. Kerry, thank you for your call, darling. Okay. Thank you. You've been extremely helpful. Well, I try. You've done very well. Don't sound so downbeat. Goodbye, darling.
There she goes, old Kerry. <laughs> what are you chuckling at? She seemed a bit moody at the end. She did. Well, I don't know what. I don't know how we could have helped. You stop Kerry. doing that because you can hear it on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting away with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the same loudness as someone sneezing. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Achoo! Yeah, I suppose so. All um, right. Why is uh, why is what, say, Mr. Nibs? Why has Christoph only got half a bowl full of water? Yeah, I thought that. I think probably because the bowl would be too heavy if they were to fill it any more. And imagine <laughs> Wogan sat doing his show with his shirt off, suddenly loses his temper, goes, I want Christoph out! <laughs> <laughs> Just barges across the room, picks him up and leaves it out of a window. I'd like to see Wogan fishing in that little bowl. <laughs> with a uh, pen and an improvised little rod with a paperclip <laughs> on the end. <laughs> Come here! Like a lovely little gnome. Oh, dear old Wogan, sipping a can of tenants, drinking yeah. himself silly. <laughs> I like Wogan, do you? Yes. I never really recovered from seeing him all muscly. I've looked up to him as well. I looked up to him when he was on three times a week on the telly. I look up to him now he's on every morning. Eurovision's always funny. Always funny. We can't criticise Wogan. Right, should we listen to a record, Matthew? Yes. Let's listen to a record and then, right, we've already got, listen, the show's been going a matter of minutes. We've got Christoph, uh, a bride, coming. And uh, do you think Christoph's going to die? Because I've sort of there's some I've got some barrier in me preventing me getting to attach to him. Yeah, well, when I die. look at him, he does do a lot of sideways swimming. Does he? Yeah. Right, I'm going to examine him during this. What are we going to listen to, mate? Rocket Man. Mmm. Why not? Because he was 60 recently, wasn't he, Elton John? Was he? I think so, mate. He's celebrating something. She packed my bags last night. Reflight. Rocket Man. Elton John. Russell Brand, Radio 2. I regret wearing these pants now. I bet you do. They're making me uncomfortable inside. Now, that fish ain't been fed, so we better do something about it, because I don't think it looks at all well. <laughs> we ain't got no fish food here. What are those leaves, though? Maybe that's a food That leaf. is a synthetic leaf. That's not doing him any favours, unless it provides the concept of shelter for Christoph, which I can't imagine he particularly requires. Um, Mr Nibs... Round the corner on Great Baller Street, there is an aquarium shop. Go round there, please. Get Christoph some nosh and bring back the person that works there if they're prepared to do that, which they might be. They might not be. We're only around the corner. And, uh, yeah, just get them round here for some advice. Bring back an expert. Bring an expert to us, please, Mr Nibs. If you can't bring the expert, have a phone and get the expert on the phone. Ring up Mikey if he's not busy on the phone with one of his... I believe he calls them bitches. I'm, I that's the way he carries on. It's the way he lives his life. Okay then, Mr Nibs. Get out, Mr Nibs! <laughs> You've been given your instructions! Don't dilly-dally! It will not do! There he goes, look. Oh, I've got a head full of dreams. Oh. <laughs> and he's sweet, really. Bless him. Let's never let him know we like him. That's... Even when I was on the bottom rung of my career ladder. I know, I, I remember it. You was a runner. You was an intern when I met. You didn't even have a proper job. I'd still begrudge doing any little move. You were la always lazy. Always, always been a lazy thing. How about when I made those sock puppets for you? That was good. Well done. Yeah, they were great. Those was one good sock, one bad sock. What do we call? I was Stacy Sawyer, paranoia lawyer. We went up to drugged up people at festivals with a camera. I stood behind. No, you stood behind, and with a sock on each hand. I knelt in the mud yeah. with a sock on each hand, and Russell tapped me on the left shoulder for the left puppet and the right shoulder for the right puppet. He did both the I voices. Go, I'm Stacy Sawyer, paranoia lawyer. Look, you've got good and evil haunting you. <laughs> uh, hey, you're gonna get mugged by some skinheads. And then, oh, I think you're gonna have a nice day. People were frightened by that, weren't yeah. they? 
they? They were on a lot of drugs. That shows you the absolute horrors that drugs can bring about. So, right, Christoph looks like he's all right. And, uh, you're right, we've been talking about trying to reunite Banner Time with Richard Hillgrove. He's, pre he's a PR man. Look at this from Gary from York. He goes, I believe this cowboy PR man is actually really good at his job and that he's not in reality being sacked. In fact, this whole thing is actually a PR stunt. Probably even this email. Think about it. Gary from York. Oh, my God. We're being manipulated. Richard Hillgrove, former uh, PR man to Bannatine, actual PR man to Seagal, is on the line, isn't he? Are you there, Richard? Hello, Russell. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Hear the show, did you? The last show we did? I certainly did. Do you think that we are any closer to uh, reuniting you and Ban 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 Bannatan? I think we're moments away. Yeah, because we've got his number right now, and apparently he's prepared to let us ring him up. He he's bound to be flattered yeah. that we bothered to ring three times yesterday. The first time to do that Pat O'Bannon song, second time to pretend to be the. Uh, ghostly voice from beyond the grave of a sea captain that he shoved in a tut drink and the third time Noel Gallagher singing a bit of a proclaimer's <laughs> lick down the phone. If that doesn't bring him back, as you said yourself, I don't know what will. Richard, do you promise to endeavour to look after Bannatine a bit better and protect him from ridicule if you get him back? Absolutely, absolutely. Right, okay, because like, what we're we going to do, we'll talk to him, then we'll get you back on the line. Alright? Lovely. Did it, why are you sound a bit downbeat? What's the matter with you? No, no, I'm just in a country pub, that's all. Don't try and lift your voice an octave really. and think you can trick us. We're not idiots. <laughs> I'm just in a country pub, that's all. What are you doing in a country pub? Drinking yourself to death because you've squandered all your clients? <laughs> Trying to relax. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you wearing? Could you, could you have to hold the phone up to, uh, to the studio so I can listen to the rest of the show? I'm not with the vibe, that's the problem. You're not with the oh, vibe? Right. Oh, that's difficult. What have you got Russell, on, darling? Russell, Phil Salon says hello. Who? Philip Salon? He does. Philip, you're with Philip Salon. Philip Salon, vital member of the sort of 80s pop gay movement, friend to boy George, character in the musical Taboo, Philip Salon. You're, what are you doing with Philip Salon? Well, you spent a lot of time with him once, didn't you? Yeah, I did. He's a lovely bloke. What well, are you doing yeah. with him? He's he I gave you these t-shirts. little bits and pieces here and there. <laughs> really? What are you looking well, after him? He's not going to sack me, don't worry. Well, I'm sure he will by the end of this broadcast. Does, I'll give you a call. Let's see if you can ruin his career as well. Things have been going quite well for Philip Salon. Okay, what's he doing? Pass me over to him. No, no, he's not here at the moment. Oh. All these lies! Get a grip! You're the worst PR man I've ever encountered. There's no way that this could be a Machiavellian scheme to get Bannatyne more publicity. You've not got it in your real grove. Right, we're going to talk to Bannatyne in a minute. Um, so then we're going to get you to talk to him, all right? So don't nausea up, Richard, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, this I'm is, I've never heard such indifference. Nauseous. See you later, Richard. Yeah, Russell. He is. He used to hang around with Philip Salon all the time. Yeah, I liked him. He's friends with, like, Matt Lucas. He's, like, sort of a gay fella. He, like, has his hair greased back all the time, wears all nice clothes. He's friends with, like, Malcolm McLaren and know, Vivian and Westwood and all, all that the punk, punk stuff. All the old punk photos he's in, all of them. Yeah, he was friends with John Lydon and all them. Like, he sort of talks about them or tells us sort of camp stories about you, the sex You went pistols. for a period of just hanging around with 80s superstars, didn't you? Do you remember that time, Matt, when I was at a party, right? I went to this party. It was interesting. I got there. I'll tell you who was there. Christopher Biggins, Lionel <laughs> Blair... Right, right, that bloke who used to do Crystal Maze was there. Richard O'Brien. What? Yeah, Richard O'Brien. One of them women out of Hello, Hello, not the one that I'm madly in love oh, with, Vicky, Vicky Michelle. Michelle. Oh, Vicky Michelle, Vicky Michelle. Oh, ever recover. sexuality. Yeah. Hello, Hello and Heidi Hart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello, I don't mind if I do. 
<laughs> Boing! <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be really unreconstructed. <laughs> yeah, that was good, wasn't it? That, until his face, well... well <laughs> no, Jesus. just when Gordon's K's face sort of... Hit, he went. had a car crash in... No, actually, the hurricane. The hurricane done it! A tree him on the head. Oh, so hang on, why did that put you off the show? Because I was against that. I was looking at Vicky Michelle, mate. <laughs> oh, hey, no. Renee's got a dent on his bumps. <laughs> I just can't get... I'm sorry, I can't. I'm no longer turned on by this. I can't take it seriously. <laughs> Old Melanie, embrace me, Renee. Fill your head in with blue tack, <laughs> Renee, and paint over it. Oh, no! I loved Gordon Kay. That's just a joke. See, he wouldn't have minded. Alive, isn't he? I think he might be dead now. So, um, yeah, them hurricanes. Do you remember them, Matthew? Let's change the subject. Philip Salon, you're at a party with Oh, right. Oh, yeah, I was at a party. Like, oh, hurricanes are bad, aren't they? Oh, like, wind's the going really fast. Yeah, what about the Bob Dylan song, the hurricane? It's a bad <laughs> boxer. Uh, right, all right, so I'm at this party. Biggins is there. Blair's there. Uh, Imhoff Crystal Maze is there. One out of Hello, Hello. Blair, because Lionel Blair isn't the first person you think of now. Yep, Lionel Blair. <laughs> the big Blair, we call him. Growl, it's the big brown Blair. That's right, Lionel Blair. Um, yeah, and I was like, I was rang up someone and go, I'm at this party, it's really freaking me out everyone here's from the 80s i was saying it in a corridor right upstairs and they, it was weird because you're allowed to wander all over the house they had deep pile carpets and the woman whose house it was had, like she looked unusual but she had this amazing daughter and i was trying to work something out and like so i was just saying like, i was just saying how weird it was this party going yeah everyone here's from the 80s it's it's freaking me out me. i think i was on the phone to you it's freaking me out it's weird right and then the door opened and chris eubank put his head out and sort of looked around <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here I managed to chat someone up though as i remember do you think this was real or was this one of your you were probably just twitching on no, the sofa <laughs> no it genuinely happened and i successfully pulled someone you bang <laughs> checkers you go for a ride checkers play pop pop checkers by god he weed the bed that night as <laughs> one of the worst nights in checkers history checkers 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 drinks cough mixture checkers say that he did drink cough mixture he admitted it didn't he yeah he admitted it on Richard and Judy all with a sort of a quiet dignity. Yeah, you know, I used to drink cough mixture. <laughs> cough mixture? <laughs> what do you want? Some cough mixture? <laughs> cough mixture? I like the sound of that. Yeah, but you can get high on it, can't you? Yeah, you mustn't have that one that's well, got morphine now. up the top of it. Yeah, they make you shake the bottle before you take it. Don't do drugs. Good, I've nothing to say that increasingly frequently. I better go to an NA meeting. Right, so, um, what's, what are we on about? We're on about something, Well, Matthew. you were going to get, um, Bannatine on the phone. Right. We've got a shot of You're Hillgrove. About Philip Salon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Philip Salon. Yeah, he took me to that party. He used to take me places. He's interesting. He'd take you off to sort of. He introduced you to that stupid place you bought all your food from for a year. What was that? Tinsel tits or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Tinsel Town, the late night cafe where I went there with uh, young Kelly with Rod Stewart's daughter. Kimberly. Kimberly. Oh, yeah, I went there with... Kelly? I don't remember. Yeah. yeah but I met Philip Salon took you there, and you thought it was the bee's knees. Didn't you like it? Tinsel really? I liked it. It was open all the time. It's Tinsel open all night. Town. Every meal from there. Yeah. Tinsel Town. And it's called Tinsel Town. Glamorous, it sounds. Although, admittedly, yeah, the food was tripe. You but, you know, it's nice to be able to eat at four o'clock in the morning when you've got that sort of lifestyle. It's not my thing anymore. Come on, we better play a record. What are we going to play, Matthew? Uh, Wooly Bully. What? What? Because I'm wearing that woolly cardigan. Well, is that how that's even got in? me think of it. Right, all right. So that cardigan's cool. Okay, so, uh, right, later on, Chatson Old Gallagher, Duncan Bannatine. What else have we got to do? Have we got anything else? Christoph? Oh, yeah, someone's going to come back and help us look after our Can fish properly. Can you pitch the vibro sock to Bannatine? So yes. That's your idea. 
No, I'm going to say it's your idea. Okay. Unless he likes it. Now, like, Matt invented a vibro sock. Stick a phone in your sock. It'll wake you up. It's a ridiculous I know, invention. I don't think you can patent it. It hasn't got enough. You know. It's not got enough originality or invention, has it's it? It's basically a sock. It's a basically phone, a sock, yeah. It's like, you know, just trying to patent the idea of bending down and stuffing something into your sock. It's yeah. ridiculous. Okay, then, this is what we're going to listen to Wooly Bully. Yeah. Right, Uno, dos, one, two, three. Why would you write a song called Wooly Bully? What's, like, like gonna inspire that? I don't know. It must be something sexual. Do you think so? Yeah, because a lot of those scenes, my dingling and all that in them days, they were forever trying to euphemise sex, weren't they? Because yeah. it was a bit more, in those days, conformity more reigned a little days. more. More innocent times. Perhaps times, Matthew, that we were rather too willing to let go of in our overly because pure... Talking, <laughs> man has come here in some sort of kinky sex pants. I know, like, they're uncomfortable. It bothered me all day. They don't look... They're too small for you. Really? What yeah. do you mean, restrictive? Yes. <laughs> I like it when you're mature and growing up about things like that. So, um, okay, so this uh, resolution between the uh, Hillgrove and Bannertine conflict is <laughs> getting drawers ever closer. Can you stop doing that? <laughs> I ain't been well. It's my diet. <laughs> right. You're on the radio, you're on the BBC. <laughs> I hope people can hear that. <laughs> I hope that gets in the papers. No! I hope that drags you down. Don't drag me I hope down! I well, the word for you, instead of oddball, <laughs> becomes flatulent. <laughs> <laughs> Randy! Stand there in your expensive designer clothes, a cardigan that looks like a fisherman would chuck it in the sea. 500 quid for a cardigan. You stand there grunting and wheezing. Dirty old buffalo. <laughs> Stop it, because you've made me cough now. And I need to do a radio You're choking program. on your own fumes, mate. <laughs> I like them. Oh, what's that red light's gone on behind you. Why? So I what? Some sort of smoke alarm's <laughs> going to go off. That means radio's happening, that red light. You should know that by now. Come along. Come, we've got to concentrate because Bannatine is a tough talking okay, glass weed. It's just hard to see in here now. <laughs> it's the wrong attitude, Matthew. You're supposed to support me in these situations. You're meant to alleviate pressure, not make things worse. Right. Now, oi, Mikey, if you've got Duncan Bannatine, on the blower. Uh, okay then, well, like, as you know, there's been a dispute between Richard Hillgrove and Duncan Bannatyne to some degree evoked, in fact, entirely evoked by, uh, my impression of Duncan Bannatyne on air while Richard Hillgrove was on our programme. As his PR man, many would argue, and I'd say chief among those would be Duncan Bannatyne, that he ought to have been protected by the man who controls his image. Let's now talk to Duncan Bannatyne. Duncan, are you there? I'm here, uh, Russell. I've never heard such absolute rubbish in my life. I know, and this I've is all never, the inventions never, you've heard. I've never heard your impression. Right. Uh, nothing to do with the fact that it's an party company, and Richard knows that. Really? What? Okay, what is behind this, uh, this parting of the ways then, this cleft? Very, very simple. A month ago, I had, the, I had the good fortune to sign with a new agent, uh, Curtis and Brown, who are looking after all my television work, as well as my uh, literary work. As you know, my book is one of the top sellers, the top selling business book for the last uh, 15 weeks. Is that book any good? Because, like, can you really teach people how to become a millionaire, or is it just sort of graft, intuition, that sort of stuff? I'm not teaching how to become millionaires, I'm teaching how to make a hundred million. There's a big difference. And in the book, I've had about 700 emails from people who are very happy that they're now inspired and they're going to make a lot of money. What, they're using your book to make themselves millionaires? You should get Absolutely, a cut. yes. It's Anyone a can do it. It's a Anyone shame Richard Ilgrove didn't read that book, because he's blundered massively, hasn't he? <laughs> he 
it didn't blunder. It just happened. I, I needed a good literary agent because, you know, my, I've got loads of people looking to, to do my second book. I've actually been, had an offer for the next four books. Mm. And I needed a literary agent who, who, who and all, all, most literary agents do television as well. So I, I had to part come with Richard. It was as simple as that. Richard S- knows that. Simple decision. So you think perhaps Richard Hillgrove's trying to get himself publicity out of this situation. He wears that cowboy hat. He's obviously some sort of vain egomaniac. He's using this situation to garner publicity, do you think, Duncan? You said it, Russell. <laughs> really? We're going to have to have sh- firm words with him. Is it then? Is it then the case, Duncan, that you would never consider working with Cowboy Richard Ilgrove again? No, I wouldn't say that. I, I enjoyed work, working with Richard. He's very good. He's got me a lot of good stuff. Yeah. It just happens that my, my career is taking a slightly different direction now. Duncan, is it true you want to do some acting? No, I stopped acting about two years ago. I, I, I did. I did summer school at Radha, and I've been in about um, eight films. Small parts, but I stopped to you. I'm too busy now doing television stuff and, and writing books and uh, traveling the world and spending time with my children. You've got a feverish sort of ambition, ain't you, Duncan? What do you mean a feverish ambition? Well, it seems like you know, you acting, writing books, ice cream vans. Yeah. You're like an unstoppable force. I just like to fill my life, you know what I mean? I just like to get on with it and do a lot of things. Uh, did you like our answer phone messages that me and uh, Noel Gallagher left you? Yes, I did. Yes, it was fantastic. I've saved them. I'll keep them for prosperity. Fantastic. Ah, uh, good. Yeah. Um, what about... What, how come you oid that sea captain into the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that, you know, that was 40 years ago, you know. I'm very old, you know. <laughs> oh, really? I had no idea. So what, yeah, what he, happened? He, why did you he, do it? He was annoying me. He's trying to just keep things ship-shaped, Duncan. No, he wasn't. He was drunk, actually, and he was with his girlfriend, and he was showing off. (laughs) (laughs) That's no way to run a boat. There's no way to run a boat at all, and he put me in the chest with his torch, so he did it again, I'm throwing you off the side, and he did it again, so that was it. Did he drown? No, he didn't drown. If he drowned, I'd have probably been done for murder and spent a lot of time in prison. Murder. That sounded good. Yeah. It sounded like an episode of Taggart when you said that. Murder. Murder. I'd murder. have been done for murdering him in cold blood. What was he doing with a bird on his boat? That's te- what was he? Is well, that- well, they, were, they were having an officer's party on board. And I was coming up the gangway after I'd spent about five days out camping. Sounds a bit bloody unprofessional on your boat. Sounds like a Fish Fingers advert. <laughs> <laughs> All children on there. People camping, people bringing their birds. I know, it's terrible, isn't it? Who was it? <laughs> Uncle <laughs> Albert? It's <laughs> a ridiculous way. Hey, Duncan, okay, so have you got any... Because we were really rather open to get some reconciliation between you and Cowboy Richard Eelgrove. Can we get used... To, like, if you're not going to go back with him, and I suspect you're not, and I don't blame you, because the way he handles his clients, he's like some sort of drunken cavalier but like perhaps you could uh, at least inform him on air for to bring about some sort of peaceful conclusion to this matter well richard knows that there was nothing to to conclude there, there was no there was no problem there was no issue he knows exactly why i had to stand with a new agent also it might give you more opportunities to plug your book duncan come on think about it that, from a cold-hearted yeah. businessman perspective well i think that richard should realize that the, 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 the book i wrote anyone can do it by duncan vanity in 1899 all good books look at him good at plugging things <laughs> i've got a bloody bookie work here if we arrange a pr <laughs> stunt <laughs> duncan duncan if we hire a barge on the thames and get richard ilgrove on it in his cowboy out of a scuba diving suit will you be prepared to hoy him into the sea <laughs> uh, uh, Unless he has a sign that says, anyone can do it by Duncan Vanity in 1889. <laughs> anyone can do it? That undermines your achievements a little bit. If anyone yeah, yeah. can do it. I've, I've achieved nothing. Anyone can make £100 million. Anyone can build a business. Anyone can employ thousands of people. It's so easy. It's not, mate. It's hard work, even to do anything. Getting up in the morning is a drag. Is it? 
course it is, Duncan, for Christ's sake. Life well, is always trying to weigh you down. Maybe well, for a man like you. I, I, saw much, I saw much you were drinking at, at, at the Comic Relief Party, mate. I was there. I was watching you drinking like a fish. That was water. I hadn't had a drink for four years. I'll go berserk, Duncan. Duncan, thank you very much for your time and for your, uh, you know, we'll have a look at that book. We'll have a look at it and we'll make our, we'll come to our own conclusions about it, but I'm sure it's brilliant. It's been uh, intriguing talking to you. And to you, Russell. Thank We're going to get you, oh, God, before you go, my mate Matt, who does this radio show with me, uh, now, obviously, your life must be made up of people either squeezing your bum, poking you in the chest, or coming up to you and going, oh, I've got an invention. Well, my oh, mate man. Matt's got an invention. Oh, it's, what happens? Four times a day. Right, well, here's the, the fifth, right? My <laughs> yeah. mate Matt's got this thing called a vibro sock. He thinks it'll be good for waking up nurses. I've got better ways of waking up nurses. But Matt reckons what you could do is have a sock with a pocket in it and they put their vibrating um, phone in there, phone, phone, into the sock. That wakes them up without troubling their partner. What do you think? Do you think we could run with it, Duncan? I think, Russell, you've probably got a better idea that you don't want to mention on here. <laughs> Crikey, you saucy devil, Duncan. You've got a hell of a libido. Right, so, Duncan, we yeah. want to get you back because we want you to tell Richard in person because he's in a pub in the countryside with a gay icon now drinking himself to death. So we're going to give you a ring back in a half an hour before he goes out like Janice Joplin. I'll talk to you, I'll talk to you in a little bit, Duncan. Okay, cheers, Russell. There he goes, old Duncan Bannatyne. What an, he's a, he, I don't like, he's Sexualised my vibro sock. How dare he sexualise your vibro sock? It was an innocent sock. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? One of the great inventions. Now he's turned into a discarded sock that a fella's used because he can't reach out for some other form of cloth. Right, okay, we're going to have a little listen to a record. I see now that Mr Nibs is back. He's clutching fish food in his little fist and he's brought back the woman from the tropical fish shop who is disconcertingly attractive. Let's have a listen to a record. <laughs> Hard day's night, the Beatles. Jane's here from the tropical fish shop round the corner. She's been brought back by Mr Nib. She looks like she's been traumatised on the short journey. Probably had his clammy little 18-year-old nimble fingers skirting up and down her spine. You're, you're, are you all right there, Jane? Come, in fact, come over here onto my microphone. Now, you can see Christoph, our fish, in that cliché of a bowl over there. Yeah. Do you think that uh, he looks all right? You have to speak quite close to that microphone, which I know puts you in my proximity. <laughs> and you've probably heard the rumours, but you're quite safe. Now, right. uh, do you think he looks all right? He's perked up from yesterday. Yeah. Well, you saw him yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I brought him. I brought the bowl round yesterday. Oh, you're responsible. Oh. Oh, well, thank you very much yeah. for for bringing that bowl and revealing that our show is pre-recorded, but that was inevitably going to come out at some point. Now, um, okay, so Christoph does look all right to you. He does look like he's, um, can I say, spazzing out a little bit? I think that's politically incorrect, <laughs> but we're going to let it pass because we're not responsible for what you say. Now, what is it that? Uh, the why does he keep having that trail coming out the back of him? Is that good? Uh, it's not. It's um, it's poo from bad water quality. Bad quality water. Oh right. So yeah. we shouldn't just have him in what? tap water. Um, we treated the water before we, we put him in. What did you What do you mean? You put a chemical in it? Yeah, it takes out the chlorine and um, the nastiness from tap water. So why is he still doing a big string of whoopsie? I think he's been kept badly in the past. Um, I, at last show that we did, I he's been kept badly. Well, that's true because the woman who had him before wanted to kill him. Phoned us up, yeah. asking for ways to kill a fish. We said we'll look after it. Now, um, there's just one other inquiry. When I was a lad, I had this other. I had two goldfish. Now, one of them used to do that string out the back of him, then the other one would nosh it off. Is that <laughs> natural or is that an offence to God? <laughs> it is natural. It's natural. They yeah. always do that. It's tasty, probably. 
Oh, Jane. Uh. All right, Jane's going to stay with us a little while to give us more advice on she the... She said it's tasty. The... Probably. <laughs> Probably, yeah. That's not why I work in the shop. Yeah, she was a woman who was drawn to an aquarium for tasty daytime snacks. Okay, <laughs> we're going to have a little bit of newsy poos now. This is 88 to 91 FM, Radio 2 from the BBC. Here is the news now at 10 o'clock. This is Andrea Simmons. Online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. Brand on Radio 2. Uh, I'd like to dedicate that, if I may, to Andrea Simmons, who it appears we've upset, Matthew, because really? of your constant chiding and agitation <laughs> of her. You, so he <gasps> would be under the desk. I would like to be under the desk. It's not just Andrea Simmons, it's just like, I like that idea with a news lady. Don't make her feel special. I got it off of Moira Stewart, Jan Leeming, Sue Lawley, all them lot, mm. from when I was a kid, just used to think I'd like to be under that desk. I don't know what I was thinking about that, I should have just been getting on with eating me alphabet spaghetti or something, but, you know, I was just, you know, How do you know she's upset? Mikey, the uh, producer, just told me that, uh, she was, we've upset her because on our last show, you, I think it was, said she was a lesbian. Or it was you or me. Now, let's not get bogged down. Not me. Let's not bicker and argue over that. Well, I not... pulled you up on it, actually. Did you? Well, I yeah. probably... Yeah, no, well, remember, we did say, who cares if you are a lesbian or not? You know, me, we weren't using it like We've just been all cheeky and daft and everything. But as uh, they pointed out in the, the production side of our programme show, they go, uh, she ain't got the right to apply because she... Like, we say all these things about her, like, oh, yeah, it's Andrea Simmons, she's doing the news. Imagine her just in her knickers. <laughs> right? We say stuff like that, and then she has to go, there's been a massacre. <laughs> right. Putting her in a difficult Puts situation. Her in a difficult position. And also, uh, she ain't got the right to reply because she can't go, Look, you piss off. Okay. Right? I'm, I'm not in my knickers and I'm not a lesbian. There's been a massacre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Same bad the situation in the Middle East has been exacerbated. Clear off, brand, you twerp. It'll <laughs> 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 look bad. So, uh, Let's I'd treat like... her with dignity and respect. All right, then. I want to get freaked with you <laughs> <laughs> that's for you andrea no I, I really like her but i just you know it's our way of coping with the world is to be idiots i've always thought your no, way my way all right my way of what coping with the world be idiot right now we've got a lot of problems on our hands here not least christoph the fish who's swimming around like a proper little prat jane's still here <laughs> she's the <laughs> expert from the tropical fish shop now um what how much dinner have we got to give him a tiny pinch of dinner. Will you die if he overeats? How tiny it should be, the pinch. You flirty little cow, you didn't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we just give him a tiny little pinch of fish food. Incidentally, both Jane, the fish food uh, shop, the fish shop girl, and Matt Morgan go that they like the stink of that fish food, which is revolting. Nice. It's like, it smells like um, that Thai stuff, that fish sauce, Thai mm. fish sauce. Well, there's probably some corollary there, and I frankly am disgusted and appalled by that connection. Now, what is that next to... Right, Mr Nibs is basically in charge of that fish, except for the rest of the 
week when it's uh, Wogan's jurisdiction. Wogan, O'Leary. These are the fish ambassadors, in my view. Uh, what is the, For the care of that fish, what? just give it a tiny pinch. What's that little thing that looks like? Eye drops. Sellotape to the bottle. It makes tap water safe. Makes tap water safe. Yeah. Cool. Well, Why do as well? so children can drink tap water, but, but fish, fish can't? Are, fish What's going on? Fish have to live in it. They are you saying, it. Jane, that a fish is? In fact, you should be on the microphone for this. Are you saying, Jane? Come over here, you soppy sod. Are you saying, Jane, that uh, a fish is more important than a child? Is in my eyes, yes. Basically, what? that's what she's saying. You, you can't love a fish. You can't take it for a walk. It you doesn't do anything. anything. They're cold, indifferent. Are you a bit unusual? Because I've seen that tattoo on your leg, and it leads me to think you might be unusual. I just don't like children. Come on. That's unusual. <gasps> you can't say that. You're a woman. That's against your key ethos. So, mind you, who are we to judge? Now, um, right, okay, so basically we know how to look after that fish now, so there's no reason for you to be here, Jane, other than in your capacity as a bit of a dolly bird. Fancy sticking around, love? <laughs> how about it? That's an offer. I can't refuse. She can't refuse. Look at that, see? Well, there we go. Matt? When, when your boss miss you. Yeah. Probably. He's probably crying into his tea now. He might cry into one of the fish tanks, spice up their lives a little bit. Right, okay, Jane, you sit down now, because the proximity puts me right off my job. Now, um, so Bannertine and Hillgrove are going to come on the show in a, in a bit and sort their lives out together. That's nice. Same time, they're going to converse. Yep. Yeah, the Brilliant. two of them. Now, a little while ago, if it, look at Mr. Nibs right in the background. He just, he just like, he, it was such too a big sight. a pinch. He just, he held up a pinch like that, like it was snuff. <laughs> and then Otten showed it to Jane, like to say, Is this the right amount to give the fishy? <laughs> he also rubbed it on his gums. Why did you rub Some it on your gums, New York Nibsy? Drug pot. <laughs> yeah. What's your name? DC Rizzo or something? <laughs> Some New York narc cop. Okay, right. So Matthew, I don't know if you recall or you, the dear listener, recalls, but a few weeks ago we talked about braille pornography. Um, we're, we're learning more about it now. This is David from Birmingham. Following on from your stroy, but I think he means story about Playboy in braille. I used to work in a pub in Birmingham where we had a regular customer called Blind Dave. He used to pay a monthly subscription to receive audiobooks and each week would bring in all his mail for me to read for him. One week he bought in some of his audiobooks and it was hardcore porn. Stuff like Lesbian Bride and Gangbang The Return. Maybe you should try and get hold of it and play it on the show. No, lesbian Dave. bride? Why'd she get married? Yeah, she's, she's a, a lesbian. lesbian. That's oppressive. She shouldn't have to do that. Mind you, these days, you can. So, maybe she's a bride yeah. of... Unless... She, hold on. She's probably got married, but she's still a lesbian, and, like, behind her husband's back, she carries on with the... But you're only a bride on your wedding plot. day. You're not a bride forever, are you? That's, you're, then you're a Interesting. wife. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, you are only a bride for a brief 24-hour period. I imagine, Matt, that the plot of Lesbian Bride is something like this. A wedding happens, and on that wedding day, you see that lesbian bride... With the, um, copying off with the bridesmaids, maybe, maybe the like the in-laws, mother. groom's mother. You like stuff like that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Good lad. I like mixed-age lesbians. You like mixed? <laughs> well, there's Matt Morgan there for <laughs> you. Hang on. This, <laughs> so these are uh, the audio yeah. books of yeah. porn for blind porn. That can't be. I mean, you're just. I suppose. No, it's all right. It's the same principles ringing up those um, Who phone lines. Read by Tom Baker. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think uh, Nana Moon <laughs> reads most audio books. Go on, do your uh, impression. Uh, Alfie, Alfie, here I'm a lesbian bride, Alfie. Here this wedding's a 
am, Alfie. Lift up my bridal frock and peer up my spile. <laughs> oh, no, that's childish. What happened then was childish. I apologise for it. Jane, the tropical fish shop girl, has just been sick into her handbag. Matt, what are we going to listen to, mate? Uh, The Cure. Yeah, what song, though? You know, they got, they done plenty. What Lullaby, is that a bit slow? Might be a bit slow. Let's listen to something a bit more upbeat. Let's have a little look at Being upbeat got, yeah. is one of the key components of this show. Hey, we're not spoken to any um, people that, like, you know, like humans, like, that we know, or, like, what? regular. <laughs> well, I mean, what are you like, about? say we want to help someone or something. Let's see if we can help We someone. don't help people anymore. We've stopped helping others. We used to be such kindly fellas. This is the information on how to look after a goldfish. It just looks like absolute lies. Murky yellow water. Fred's lifeless body. Rachel. <laughs> Flopsy. I've got an odd scar. What is this? My dad explained. Oh my god, this woman left Jif in the bowl <gasps> when she was washing out her fish bowl and it killed Flopsy. I the bet fish. she left it in a sort of. Oh, oh. Just, oh no, I've left some Jif. You tortured them farm animals as a child, Matthew. That is not natural behaviour. I'll tell you what else ain't natural behaviour. Me, when I was seven, right? Going right into the toilet with some Jif. Spraying that no, Jif. No, don't. I know the story. Russell, it's going not, to my no, mum. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's weird. Fair enough. <laughs> right. Fair and enough. for me to actually stop you that enthusiastically and energetically. <laughs> yeah, it think must how be weird. weird that it is. must be. All right. That's what we're going to listen to while we leave that odd idea lingering in the air like one of our gases. Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. Why not? We've only played old music so far. I know. This place ain't modern. Well, in I can't find it. Just play Satisfaction first. Stop. Floundering the cure of the stones, go and put it on. Bank Holiday Monday on BB. I cannot get any satisfaction, because otherwise it's a double negative and you're getting some satisfaction, and I get smug satisfaction out of pointing that out. Guess what's going on in the world now, Matthew, right? Uh, Illgrove, Richard Illgrove, erstwhile PR man of, uh, former PR man of Duncan Bannatyne, has just come on the phone, he's been necking, um, Red Bulls, other, uh, high-energy drinks are available, and he's got himself all sort of jekylled up, <laughs> all, all stiff as a grifter, going, yeah, put me on the phone, Bannatine said what, what he said what, right, get me on the phone now, get him on the That's phone. That's where he talks. Oh, as he talk? Sort of an Australian lilt. Uh, is he Australian? He's yeah. got some sort of lilt, hasn't he? What is that lilt? What are know, is, where is lilt? I've moved out of that world, lilt's no longer relevant to me, does it still even exist? You snob. What? Look at me as your envoy on earth. <laughs> Do you still have lilt? Do you still have lilt down there? You poor fools. <laughs> Does the lilt man still come round? <laughs> I drink monkey blood. Good evening. Uh, Hillgrove, anyway, this is our brilliant new idea. Richard Hillgrove's all worked up. So what we're going to do is get Richard Hillgrove on, get him to have, really spout off, go about Bannatine, going, ah, oh, Bannatine. Don't big it up, because what if he comes on and he's all sort of all right. calmed down? Yeah, because then we're going to have Duncan Bannatine listening without telling Hillgrove. And then it, they will go, what do you think of that, Bannatine? Who will, right, show me to him, I'll haul him in the bloody sea. <laughs> <laughs> so like, potentially we could have an explosive situation, it'll be like Holmes v. Hagler. It might not work out, but we'll try and engineer some sort of conflict. Matthew, I don't know if you remember that last week I was saying about when I was enraged about those uh, tampon lectures that went on that I weren't allowed to go in, or nor was any boy. Yeah, remember so me going remember on about that. it. What came up as part of that conversation was boy bands coming around schools, and you disputed that this happened, and even went as far as to say it was an episode of Degrassi Junior High. Well, I happen to have 
evidence, hard evidence in my hands and trousers that these things did happen. This is from Paul Stanley from Stratford. I can remember that East 17 played at my daughter's high school back in the late 80s. Paul Stanley from Stratford. Mind you, East 17 was really near where he lived, so they might have just, that might have been an assembly or something. For all I know, Wolverstone is near Stratford. Really? So, what was his name, the guy who ran himself over? Brian Harvey, it's really hard to run yourself over. You've got to, in the end, you've got to credit that lad. Yeah, how did he do it? So he must have fallen no, out the door and then got run over by the Not only did he wheels. reverse his car, he reversed time to earlier <laughs> on when he was in his driveway getting his milk. Or something. He created a paradox. Yeah, he created a paradox there. Uh, mind you, I did get run over by a car I was in once, and that's because I was in a taxi and I'd got myself into oh, yeah. a right silly mood going, Oh, come on! Look, will you take me? Like, I go to the driver. I was in a bad mood. And I goes, Can you take me via a cash point, please? And then he went out of his way to a cash point. Right? I goes, No, like, take me to one en route. Right? And I got all angry about it. And, like, there was a queue outside this cash point. And, like, to demonstrate how much of a hurry he was in, I got out of the cab while the cab was still moving. And the cab, like, sort of drove, like, my foot was on the floor, and the back wheels of the cab drove on my foot. And it was only going really slowly, and the cab stopped on my foot. So this man that I just shouted at was now in charge of a cab that was on my foot. And I was going, the cab's on my foot! The cab's on my foot! And then I had to reverse the cab off my foot, and all the queue of people at the cash point saw me. And I goes, well, I'm not going to that cash point now! Those people have seen me humiliated! <laughs> and then I just had to go and find another cash point, so it shows. It doesn't hurt as much as you'd think, does it, having it, a car on your foot? Well, I mean, the weight's not that, it's the friction that's bad. I mean, it was also the embarrassment of having a car on your foot after you just shouted. It made me realise, don't ever be rude, because you might get a car on your foot. Not always. What a lie. No, it did. That's it why. May, and from that day on, I've uh, only ever been rude 19 times a day. <laughs> I've really cut down. And on my foot's very swollen. <laughs> <laughs> I can scarce walk. Yeah, I'm not rude that often. You know when you're a kid and people say, don't get run over? Mm. I used to think it was because you'd end up flat, you know, like, because like cartoons, yeah. I didn't think it was because the car would go and hit you. I mm. thought it would go over you and yeah. you'd come out the back of it flat. Your mind was full of junk when you was a kid thinking that a draft was a giraffe. It your, sounds very similar. Your brain was full of junk. Peter Andre played at my school before he was famous, says Richard Jones. <laughs> <laughs> who knows if he calls himself the chubby dick. That's what he calls himself. That's what he calls himself now. <laughs> oh, well, not Peter Andre. Not Peter Andre. <laughs> I don't know, well, yeah. <laughs> Although he, I, I met him, oh, we hi, met him. He's a chubby dick. All right, then. Uh, okay, mate. I like him. Arcady? Arcady, I don't say that, darling. I like him. I think he's really nice. Um, boy band singers do come to school because when Busted were famous, they came to Camp Hill in Birmingham. So there you are. Right. And I know a girl was having Lil Chris at their school, says a girl <laughs> called Helen Moxley. That's not good education. Of course surely. it's not. Ross did come to my school. But. You were going to a boys' school! Yes. Uh, well, sir, sir, could we please have Bros? We're all very keen in Bros heads. I've got Grosh bottle tops on my shoes. No, it was because uh, the Radio 1 Roadshow thing came to us. Oh, the Radio 1. I can't it was crazy remember. Days. <laughs> I bet you were well into it, weren't you? No. Bros. You remembered the name of Craig Logan the other day. Who's so that? Oh, <laughs> come on, he's the third member of Bros, the brown hair. There was three of them. One forgot. You love Bros, don't you? No, I, do I bet not. you stayed liking them even when they. I bet you liked them. Yeah, I did actually. I bet you had a little gold stud in your ear. I had the bottle tops on my shoes. Gross the, bottle tops. Yeah, it was really brilliant. I don't know what I was thinking. I got swept up in hype. I've always been susceptible to hype. But when I, I like see, um. Uh, childhood photos of you, you look like one of the monsters. <laughs> <laughs> photo of you with a, like, leather jacket on, all sort of. Quiffed up. 
I was fat when I then. You weren't fat. <laughs> I had I look like a monster. You just looked like you actually did look like Eddie the Monster. Tidy high. Ted Spark. Tell him like Ted Bovis. What like did. Teddy Boy? We well, look sort of. I don't know. There's a picture of you as some sort of weird bother boy character, <laughs> isn't there? <laughs> yeah, that's when I, I joined this extras agency. All extra agencies all seem to be running out of East London, Leytonstone, and they're normally run by like gay men in cravats, and you'd go around their house and they'd go like. I remember, Is this all based on one experience? Two. That's no, alright, I'll let you Hanging, off. like, two, like, two, twice is that one. Hanging moles on his neck, one of them had. And like, uh, What? Mm, like, you know, sort of moles. cruel. <laughs> <laughs> but they were a close relative of the lemmings, yeah. so they were suicidal anyway. They had a rabbit crucified on his bottom. <laughs> <laughs> there were mice being pilloried between his toes. He <laughs> <laughs> was a rodent crucifixion centre. Um, so, this fella, he, like, you go there to be judged, he goes, Oh, you're like a young Cliff Richards, aren't you? Let's take a photograph <laughs> of you up against this wall. I was glad my back was against the wall by the end of it. The whole experience could have turned very fruity. I bet you went through a lot of things like that, didn't you? Yeah, I was always doing it. Who was I? driving that? What do you mean? Well, who was saying, come on, let's take you here? Was it your My mum ambition. or was it you? Me! From you. when I was like, yeah! After I'd done Bugs and Lime, I was 15, I thought, hello, this is the way out. Right, and from then on, it was like, I couldn't get enough poncing around. Right, come on, let's listen to what oh, we're right. supposed to be doing. Right, we're gonna get Ballantyne and Richard on the phone. Richard's, we're gonna get Richard Ilgrove, Cowboy First, get, Agent of Stars. Get him spouting off, and we'll have Ballantyne listening. Right, and then we'll let them see if they go at each other like bees in a jar. I don't know, <laughs> something like that. Right, so what are we going to listen to? Strokes. Oh, this, yeah, this isn't strokes. Why not? Cheer us up. Strokes there last night. Guess what? This is the first bit of fan mail that little twit Mr. Nibs has got now. Look, hello, Russell and Matt. Heard you talking about, um, Euro Disney and the foam-headed characters and querying whether or not the Queen of Hearts at Euro Disney has a foam head. Well, let me tell you, she does. It's massive and it's really scary and it wobbles when she walks. I was at Euro Disney last summer, saw her hit a photographer before running up the street after him in a blind rage and she's really abusive. Best what? wishes, Tish. Hello, could I please, please say hello to my good friend Caitlin, who loves the show and loves Mr. Nibs. Loves Mr. Nibs. Love is such a strong word. A very powerful, potent force, Matt. Men have gone crazy for love. Mountains have been moved. Wars declared for love. And someone feels that emotion for that git nibs. <laughs> that over there, it just doesn't make sense. Now, we have been trying to achieve some sort of reconciliation between Bam 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 Bannatine and Richard Hillgrove. Duncan Bannatine, the king of the dragon's den, many have called him, entrepreneur, now we know actor, author, you'll probably mention that at some point if we talk to him again later on the show. Now, Richard Hillgrove, on learning of Bannatine's denial of Richard Hillgrove's version of events, uh, now, Ilgrove, he's heard of that. He's proper miffed and peeved about it. We've got Richard Ilgrove on the phone. He's been necking a sugary drink. He's out of his box on glee and glucose. Hello, Ilgrove. You all right, mate? Russell, I'm not taking this line down. I know I was very quiet and dejected and all stately. I was playing it that way before because I thought that was good. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. You are a PR expert, aren't you? <laughs> exactly, but not when I'm hearing this sort of stuff coming out of the mouth of the Mr. Bannatine. Right, yeah, he was, I mean, he was coating you off saying, what a mate. He's saying you was a right little puff. I've moved on to a different stage in my life. <laughs> You've moved on to another stage of your life? We got, we got hold of that guy after a series one of Dragon's Den and no one even knew who any of these business people were. We made him the household name he is today. Well, let me tell you now, he's towering above yeah. you like a colossus with his I'm naked not... genitalia swinging in your face. So we're at Comic Relief with Duncan 
Yeah. Looking after him, making sure he's all right, making sure he's got some drinks. Yeah. Sitting him down, putting him on Have the stage. Have you got some drinks? Do you want to sit down? <laughs> You're making him sound like on an the, octogenarian. On the Saturday, I say, Duncan, you won't believe this. You're going to be on the Russell Brand show. Texted him. He comes back with, wow, W-O-W. I'll be listening to that. <laughs> Why are you spelling out wow for? We know how wow's spelt, you know. Oh, All right. Of impact. There's an exclamation mark there as well. He even exclaimed that. He exclaimed I that. I don't and even he... hear anything else back. Nothing right. else back other than a sacking on the Monday. A sacking on a Monday. Then I hear from yeah. various sources, people that know him. He's not, he's very mispleased with the way he was what have you been show. drinking? Was there anything <laughs> in that? <laughs> Mispleased ain't a word. Have you, what have you been drinking in that Please Red Bull? Right, no. Are you drugging yourself something silly, Ilgrove? Are you alright, mate? No, 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 I'm absolutely fine. I'm fuming, though, because you gave him a platform. I think he promoted his book as well, so he's now a self-promotional expert. He is a self-promotional expert, and he's probably learned that from you. Richard, I think it's probably best that you talk to Duncan yourself on air. Let's see if we can achieve that reconciliation. Can we get Duncan now? Is Duncan here now? Duncan, are you there? I'm here, yeah. I'm here, Russell. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? Oh, there you are. Duncan, Richard, yes, say hello to each other. Now, don't be tentative about it like ex-lovers. That's just, you know, you're looking well, Duncan. (laughs) You're looking well, Richard. I came from Russell because, um, as Richard well knows, I can prove this by email, um, by email proof. Um, He's still in a notice period with me, so he's actually still acting for me. So I'm amazed, actually, uh, how he's carrying on. Really? Well, what do you say to that, Richard? He's, Duncan is amazed by your behaviour. He's saying I'm trying to be... I should have been delighted by him. He's, say, he's saying that, that he's surprised by your current conduct, Richard, and I imagine that you're wearing cowboy boots, a cowboy hat, and nothing I've else. I've got a lasso. But the thing is, it would be nice to know in advance of a two-and-a-half-year relationship that it's not Russell Brand that ends it for you. <laughs> uh, tell me about it, mate. That's the story of my life. All my relationships end because of my conduct. Now, listen, so, all right, so you sound a little bit actually hurt, Richard. Duncan, I think you've hurt Richard. I'll be hurt after the 18th of April, because uh, we're actually still Duncan's agents up until that date. I suspect, why don't you go on a campaign of black propaganda, peddling things like Duncan Bannatyne seen in a kindergarten in stockings? idea. <laughs> you could push the... Duncan, what Duncan, do you... Duncan, we will take you back. Duncan, <laughs> he's, offered to t- he's offered to take you back, Duncan. What do you say? Uh, Richard and Russell, as, as you know, I've signed with a new agent, and, and the main reason for signing with a new agent is because it's a literary agent and television agent, and, and I'm very, very pleased with them. And you and, did that uh, on the Monday. Now, I had, I had a separate literary agent, a separate sports writer, a separate television agent, a separate, and I put them all into one now. And everyone else, all the other five people who actually for me, of all Okay, Duncan, it's great. They've bowed out gracefully. For the time I had with them, and they've all wished me the best of luck apart from Richard. Okay, listen, so it seems to me, Richard, that you've um, been hurt emotionally by this situation and that you feel that uh, Duncan's not been entirely honest with you. Is that true, Richard? That's what people have been saying. That's what people have been saying. Right, well, that's very difficult. But the the two of you are together. Name name the people. Richard, who are these people? Who are these? I can't disclose the people on the show. Duncan knows who they are. Right, okay. I have no idea who they are. I've no idea who they are, Russell. I think they're a figment of Richard's imagination. Yeah. They're hidden under his heart. <laughs> Duncan, what do you say to Richard's claim that when he found uh, that when he started representing you, you were a penniless chimney sweep scurrying <laughs> around for coins in the gutter? <laughs> that's perfectly true, absolutely, yes. That's, that's, you can read that in my book, 
Anyone can do it, but don't give money to an eighty nine or over stop. He's promoting the book again, Richard. <laughs> you said you were gonna hit him if he'd done that. He doesn't need me. This is why he doesn't need me, because he's doing it for himself. Oh <laughs> Duncan, Duncan, do you think Richard was a great help to your career, in all honesty and fairness? Yes, he was a terrific help, and I've always recommended him, actually, I recommended him to two people who now use him. Who, who? One, my good friend for many, many years. Stephen Seagal. Um, Gary McCausland, both use Richard, because I recommended him to them, so I cannot understand his attitude. What, Richard, why have you got this attitude? Mm, what's the matter? Attitude, it's a New Zealand thing. Is it because of New we Zealand? We like to know, we like to be informed, you know what I mean? And you, hearing about it. You didn't, you didn't, Im right, that's it. Why didn't you inform him, Dunk? I did. No, I did. We're at your wedding, Duncan. We're in the wedding pictures as your management. And the first thing we hear about it is on the Monday after the Russell Brand show, we hear that you're displeased with all the comments. It's totally untrue. I never heard the Russell Brand show. It was nothing to do with the Russell Brand show. It was a bloody good show. Available at eighteen ninety nine. I have no problem with taking, people taking the mickey out of me. It happens to me all the time, and I love it. I take the mickey out of people. No problem with Russell, 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 Little moment to think about the good times that you've had together, <laughs> and just perhaps just for a moment, just listen to this and reflect on better times. <laughs> listen, I want to play this to you two guys. Stay on the line. Somewhere this is to both of you. This is to you, Duncan from Richard. Why can't you listen? It sounds like you two, you're basically good kids and you we love, love each, each other. other really. Why, what have you let come between you? It's about money. Now, if anyone truly can do it, 1899, then why the hell don't you two just get back together? I tell I you think why. It's a communication issue. I think it's communication. I, I think, think it's a. Be, I think the reason is to buy a coffee mug, I can read it. <laughs> I think that I think that what it is is there's massive sexual tension between the two of you. I think the pair of you should get yourselves down to a sauna, oil yourselves up, and work it out physically. Yeah. Is it a sauna you would recommend, Russell? Yeah. Why not? I'd recommend anything. Okay. So listen, uh, then, gents. Um, if you're, it seems to me that there are irreconcilable differences between the pair of you. And uh, I've, I've it's not personal, Russell. It's just, it's just, it's just um, what, what I need to do to move on. It seems to be personal to dear Richard. Richard, have you took it personally, dear? Not in the slightest. It's all about money. All about money. <laughs> That's good. Okay, well, Richard, we're going to find you some more clients by the end of this show. Honestly, Duncan, you you will strive and thrive anywhere in the world. I'm just worried about you, Richard, because you do... Good luck, Duncan. You do... We wish you well. <laughs> Thank you very much, Richard. That's that sounded bitter. You sound... All your stuff will be no, in the no, box no, outside yeah, the offices. My stars are telling me to say this. You sound like you're about to throw all of Duncan Bannatine's books out of your window in bin bags. It's the third Red Bull. Oh, I sent you crazy. Other drinks are available. <laughs> Richard, thank you for your time. Duncan, thank, you, thank you as well. Sorry we couldn't get them two kids back together. I wanted nothing more than to see those two happy, but sometimes they have to work for themselves. That's the way I see it. Should we, should we have a little listen to something? Yes. Watch, let's not listen to Baby, Baby Come, Come Back. Back no. Have you heard enough of it? I think so. <laughs> For one lifetime. I, I still like it as a song. Let's listen to, uh, what would you want to listen to, Mafu? Um, you can't touch this, but MC Hammer <laughs> seems to be in there. Put that on. <laughs> that's, that's it. I mean, it is, after all, approaching Hammer Time. You can't touch this.
We went a bit mad. We went mad because but we went mad there. I don't know why we put that on. That's not. That's <laughs> I don't know why that's even in. Why there. is it there? I think we just lost control for a bit then, didn't we? I think it was because of Bannatyne and Richard. There were some mad moments during that. I enjoyed it, but I like I don't uh, understand how they're so unprofessional. It's odd, isn't it? How's he raised all that money? It sounds like Bannatyne spent his life just, like knocking out Mr. Whippies, throwing sailors off the edge of boats. You know, he's he's on the edge. <laughs> Richard Ilgrove, who's meant to be a premier PR agent. Well, if I was his mind. client, I'd, I'd take a long, hard look at myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, hang on, he might phone up a radio show drunk from a pub. <laughs> start coating me off. Just as Yosemite Sam and start, yeah. Bit I liked when I was going, I didn't listen to the Russell Brand show. You came on the Russell Brand show and you did these things. <laughs> I, I don't like the Russell Brand show. Just like, it sounded weird to hear it objectified because we don't really say Russell Brand show except like, at the top of it and stuff like yeah. that. Just sounded weird, didn't it? But it's affected me and you, Max. We had to listen to a bit of Can't Touch This because we panicked. <laughs> I know. It, right. it sort of queued itself up as well. Did it? Like, yeah. sort of ghostly. He's turned to God now, MC Hammer. Well, so that's perhaps why. that's what maybe it is. it will pervade all shows. Perhaps now, now MC Hammer's gonna use the Lord to propagate more of his music. And why wouldn't he use God in such a fashion? Okay, right, let's think of some things to do now, because we've resolved that. As far as I'm concerned, we've gone as far as we can with Bannatine and Eelgrove, haven't we? Let's, let's put that idea to bed now. So now we need a new adventure to get on. And I said, we're still done that bloody ice cream van. Get us an ice cream van! Where yeah. is it? We can't sort that out. We can't sort out ice cream. Oh, we just had Bannatine on the phone. He's got all them ice cream vans. We can't ring him up again after that chaos, no. can we? And go, yeah, have you got any your old ice cream vans? Do you left? think he's phoned Richard now? Do you want to call his Richard. Richard? I'm sorry yeah. about that. <clears throat> no, I don't reckon so. I reckon both of them have gone on, like, really turned on by that conversation and really having a go at their wives. Like, big stags. Because <laughs> <laughs> remember when that cowboy bloke, Richard Hillgrove, came in here with his wife? She was fit, I thought. She was all right, yeah. Yeah, she had something about her as well. And what I mean by that is she was too bleeding good for... No, I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like that, Richard Hillgrove. He's a sweetheart, isn't he? Right, so, okay then. Right, let's put on some music we actually want to listen to, and then uh, we'll work out a new adventure or campaigns again. I don't think the Chinese have left Tibet yet. That's still hanging in oh, there, Matt. Yeah, I know. How's Normal the fish doing? Fish is dead. No, it's fine. <laughs> the fish is alright. He's fit as a fiddle. Come on, let's get this. But what are you going to listen to, mate? Eh, yeah, sexy boy. Yeah. For Nibs. <laughs> Mr. Nibs, you are 18 years old. You're on the precipice of manhood. I can see you blooming with every day. You're like the young Jeff Capes sat there in that chair. <laughs> That's why we want to play this record for you. And for all people, young men particularly, with burgeoning sexuality within them. Be unafraid of these forces within you. Express them freely. <laughs> Sexy boy, that's for you, young Mr. Nibs, and for all sexy boys everywhere. Listen to Russell Brand on Radio 2. Yeah, like, um, PR. <laughs> Don't you turn your nose up at me, Matt. Well, what? It's because I'm not comfortable in these pants. I shouldn't have worn them. It's like they were like tights. I'm not comfortable with your hand down your pants. And I'm sure you're not. Well, no one's happy then. Good. What, <laughs> why did you get up and think. You cleared out some yeah, cool covers under your bed. Cleared out because of my moving, and because uh, of that, I came coming when across these things. When you say that, things. does that mean there's people employed to do it? Yes, like well, not they're really? not employed to do that, but like no, I've Lynn, been packing, looks, I've been moving horrible, stuff around, moving stuff. Lynn, who uh, Lynn, who's like looks after me at home, makes me some things, <laughs> looks Crikey. after me in that. She puts your bib on. <laughs> puts my bib on, mate. Sure, I don't do no droppings. <laughs> uh, she's 
you know, helping pack and everything. Because I work every hour, God sends. How do you think I managed no, to... No, you are one of the hardest working men in showbiz. I'm one of the hardest working men in showbiz. Do you remember we did a competition, actually, Matt, ages ago, to get rid of these pants? Look at them. We got, so someone sent us these lovely pants with a emblazoned upon them is Shagger of the Year, an award I... Wear them, then. ...won some But don't change your ear, please. What, because you don't want to... Yeah, I know, these, uh, these... It's just these current pants I'm wearing are ghastly. We were supposed to give those to someone. We should probably give them to someone who sent... Not the woman who gave us our fish, because she seems like she was, you know, she was capable of killing that fish. Well, apparently, an expert said he's had a life of abuse. Yeah, <laughs> he has, me. Hmm. That poor lad. He's like a fish called it. That, <laughs> <laughs> that poor bit, that fellow, what struggled all his life. Yeah, um... Well, Hold on, I've got something important to go on about. So, yeah, so, right, hold on. I'm, I'm moving out of my house. That's weird that we're moving at the same time. This is the last night I'm going to sleep in. In fact, I've had the last night in my house. Oh, really? So have I. That's mental. Day. April Fool's Day. Oh, yeah, because I'm going, because I'm now staying in a hotel because I'm filming the St. Trinian's thing, right? So I'm staying in a hotel in Henley. Then I'm going straight from there to uh, Hollywood. To, wow. To, to so has all land. the work been done on your new house? No, it's going to take another couple of weeks. It takes bloody ages to get your house done up. It's really annoying. Yeah, because you went in there and asked to change things that didn't need changing. Yeah. Widen the doorways. Widen the doorways! Those doors are too narrow! Make a mile! Yeah, but it's nice in there. It will be nice in there when it's all done. Why do you want wide doorways? I don't You're know. You're going to grow a big moustache or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I want to look like a circus strong man. <laughs> That's going to be my new image. I just fancied it, you know, because otherwise it makes everything seem too little. Was that just a control freak thing to I do? think it might have been, yeah. I like it. Wide the doorways. Wide the door. I want a diving board on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stuff like that just makes me feel in control of stuff. Right, so listen, we're, we're, oh, shall I try and ring Noel Gallagher now then? Like, hold on, let's try and ring him. See if he's in. Firstly, I done a good gig last night. Where was I? Ipswich. Good, there it was. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know it's been going well. I'm in Dartford tonight, your hometown. Yeah. Lots of Matt's family are coming, which means I can't do any. I can't say any of the things I'd normally say about Matt's vile conduct as a younger man. No. It's pretty, pretty restrictive actually, because it does. All right, Noel, are you okay? Yeah, call us on, on my mobile to work. I call us on a landline. All right, I'll call you on the landline on radio. Is it right to call you on radio? <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, in, I'm in, uh, I'm in my, uh, where am I? In country. Country pile. All right, we'll call you there. All right, talk to you in a bit, Noel. What have you got in your mouth? Chewing gum. It's all stuffed into the corner of your gob, like Augustus Gloop. Big <laughs> cheek full of food. <laughs> Some daft, greedy toddler. Noel Gallagher's on the phone. Hello, Noel. All right, Ross. Oh, mate, you sound delicate. Are you all right? I'm all right today. I was a bit, uh... Drunk. I yesterday, didn't I? Yeah, on the last show that we recorded, you were a little bit drunk. Are you feeling was, better? Yeah, I was, I, was, I was a bit rough last night, but I feel alright. But I was drunk yesterday, oh, on the last, the last time we spoke, yeah, I was a bit... Yeah, you had a lot of, like, sort of, like, I remember, I, I spoke to you sort of after the phone, I, uh, after the show, I don't know if you recall, uh, and you sort of were going, oh, no, I sounded like a, da like, well, you actually said you were a Daily Mail writer at Should one I? point, and you're, yeah, and Sarah... No, Sarah, when I put the phone in, I was kind of laughing, and she said, you just come across as a madman. Just <laughs> <laughs> trying to protect you from yourself. Yeah, so then I called you back, and I said, was that a bit mad? And you went, no, it's brilliant. Yeah, I thought it was good. I didn't see anything wrong uh, with what you said. Anyway, I've not had any phone calls this morning, so... No, no, I think you've done okay. Plummeting. Or, you know, people thought it was all right. <laughs> Number one podcast in the country, Noel, you oh, can't argue. Gervais isn't doing anything, Russell. Uh, no, I no mean, he is. He is, is he? doing stuff. Oh, is he? Yes, yeah. we've overtook Gervais. Have we really? Or was that a mistake or a lie? Let's look at people. Like, we just looked at the people, the producers and that, they're just literally Whistling and looking shoulders. out of windows. Yeah, Can so... I ask you a question? Yeah, go on. Because 
I was up in Manchester and I spoke to you. This, um, we gave my mum a lift back down there because she's come down there for the weekend. She yeah. There was a story in one of the tabloids that you were going up to Manchester <laughs> to stay at her house for the weekend. I read that. And, you uh, read that? Yeah, it's, it was in the Star, I think, yeah, Mel. Yeah, but, but the best line was that you'd been told by Liam to keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, well, I can't, I mean... The Daily Star, I mean, surely they cannot even begin to believe that something like that is true. It's ridiculous. I don't think that they believe that it's true at all. Yeah, you it says... Like someone, someone will go, oh, what, is that a Daily Star? Yeah, well, I've got a story for you, right? You know, that Russell Brand, you know, Russell Brand, he's going up to Manchester to stay with the Gallagher's mums, but Liam's got the right needle because of 100 hands. <laughs> 100 hands will be groping. So, uh, Ma Gallagher, she's a bag of nerves about it. Liam said, you try it, I'll stripe you. Yeah, it's, ri it's ridiculous. No, no, the thing is, my mum was looking forward to it. Oh, I'll go and stay with your mum. Yeah, she's here, she's in, actually. She's in? Yeah, she was waiting for you. All right, I'll talk to her. Should I say hello? Yeah, the car on here, I want to say hello to your mum. Oh, him talking to his mum, he's like he was a little boy then, that was nice. Mm. I'll say hello to your mum. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Hi. Hello there, Mrs. Gallagher. It's me, Russell. Are you all right? I'm fine. I was expecting you the other day. Well, I, you know, perhaps I should, like, because that paper in the Daily Star was an absolute contrivance, but in an odd way, perhaps we, perhaps I should come and stay with you. I thought I had my two nephews out painting the fence before I seen the paper at all, and afterwards when I seen the paper, I thought, oh, but I bet the neighbours think, oh, she's cleaning up the place for us and Yeah, I reckon they probably will, and quite rightly as well. I mean, it's like a visiting dignitary in a way. <laughs> Here, I'd like to come. What what sort of house rules are there? Would I be allowed to uh, bring to be a on girl? Your yeah, I'd be no trouble. You'd hardly know I was there. Did you read <laughs> in the story? It said that Liam had said that uh, you know, hands off. <laughs> Keep your hands off my mum. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'll be good as gold. You won't know I'm there. You won't hear any creaky floorboards <laughs> in the night. <laughs> like I'm a secret lemonade drinker trying to scuttle into your chamber. And they put the lovely picture of you on the top. You look really nice with your girlfriend, and the horrible picture of him at the bottom, like as if he was ready to strangle you. Yeah, it did. They did use that picture. Yeah. <laughs> is he? When he's at home, is Liam much more of a gentle soul? No, he's not. He's never a gentle soul, uh, Russell, at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Really old, Liam, at all. <laughs> he's, a, he's, always got that, he's always got that kind of, yeah, he's got a certain something about him, hasn't like, he? Like as if you could wring your neck sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I worry oh, about God. that. When I bump into him, I worry about it, I do. Do you? <laughs> May I call you Peggy, Mrs Gallagher? You can do, yeah. yeah. I, I worry about it sometimes because... Yeah, because yeah, he's got that sort of... He's got a very certain energy. Like, <laughs> Noel, of course, he still seems tough. But, like, uh, Liam, he does seem much more like he's close to a fight pretty much all the time. He's all right. His bark is worse than his bite. He's good, good, because <laughs> I can handle barking, but biting sort of <laughs> unnerves me a little bit. That's um, it. Yeah, bringing him up, Peggy, who was nice. the... Who was it? Can I just ask you one more question before you yeah. go? Yeah. Who, who was more trouble, like, to bring up? Well, well, you can guess, can't you? It's Liam. Liam. Noel was basically a good lad, was he? Noel was very quiet. Oh. oh. But the other one, once, once he arrived at all, he was troubled. <laughs> really? He just turned up, came yeah, straight he, out of the womb? Let you know he was there. As soon as I took a look at him, I thought, oh, God, here he is. He let you know he was there. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Oh, thank you for that insight into the characters of your lovely sons. <laughs> Okay, Russell, I'll put you back to Noel. Thanks, Peggy. Nice Thank you very much. You, you too. Bye bye. bye. I'll see you soon. Yeah, bye. Bye. Oh. Right, seems like it's going to work out well. Noel? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll get on well with you, Mum. I think I'm going to come round. You can make sweet music, can't you? Why not? Especially now I've heard the fence has been painted. It sounds well, like the place is ship shape. I'll get round. Hey, yeah, you don't get any more of a compliment than that. You really don't. People. Russell's coming out. Get that fence painted. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. lovely. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud to tell you the truth. <laughs> now, um, so we, what's the There's only two more minutes left of this radio program, though, because I just dreamed up a brilliant item. I thought, like, with your uh, tendencies, if it would be good, right? Perhaps next time we talk to you on the show, let's do a thing where we think of let's get Noel Gallagher's views on really controversial subjects, because then we can fill the tabloids for a week. We just say, oh, what do you think about immigration, Noel? Oh, what do you think about um, murderers and what should happen to them? What do you think about the war in Iraq? And then you can just like say stuff. Yeah. Write the tabloids for a week. Be helpful, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, Noel, can you, will you talk to us on our next show, please, and do our new item, Noel Gallagher says controversial things <laughs> that yeah, shouldn't be broadcast. It, yeah, what are we going to call it? Noel puts foot in mouth. Yeah, Noel Gallagher's foot in mouth item. We'll call it something like that. Yeah, let's do that. Um, right, Noel, can, I, can we go now, because this radio show's about to end, and I'd love the, well, I know you always make me feel bad when I try and end conversations, but can we ring you back in about an hour, because we're doing yeah, another yeah, radio yeah, show? Yeah, yeah. Noel, thank you very much for your call. It was lovely to talk to your mum, and uh, if I do go and visit her, I promise I'll be good as gold. Uh, <laughs> let me know how that fence looks if you ever there. Yeah, no, I will do. It, I, I, actually, thinking about it, I might try and chat your mum up, because I like the idea of being you and Liam's stepdad. <laughs> 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 and giving, and give, giving you boys a severe ticking off for some of your antics. Oh, that'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? It would be good. Right, Noel, thank you very much. I'll talk to you, uh, talk to you on the next show. See you in a bit. See you, mate. Ta-da. Bye. Bye-bye. Right, OK, almost time for this show to end, but what? kind of a show would it be if our Poet Laureate, Mr. G, didn't summarise the show? <laughs> That's why we've got a poet, frankly. Okay, here he is. Okay. <laughs> this one's called Space. 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 The final frontier. As we reach the edge of madness transmitted right here. Right where? Right here, on Radio 2 Loud and Clear. These are the voyages of the Starship brand as they appear. To boldly go to where no man has gone before, with tight pants cutting off his circulation causing blow-offs galore. Set to explore as we search for the Bride of Christoph, our resident goldfish helping Matt to pitch his list of vibro socks, and making puppet socks to Duncan to see exactly what he thinks. The last guy who tried that a while ago got thrown into the drink. With the cowboy on the brink of a mental showdown, it's pistols drawn at dawn for the essential showdown. Hopefully after this we'll all have careers selling ice cream lost in space, the final frontier. <laughs> By Jingo, his poems are from the future. They'll be loving that stuff on Neptune. It's brilliant to her. It were cosmic, literally. So, okay then, right. Now, we will be back next week. It's going to be another fantastic show. It's pre-recorded, of course. I'll be off in Hawaii then. Andrea Simmons, I'm very sorry I've been childish. I offer you love. I was I'm only sorry, doing it. Too. Yeah, Matt, sorry as well. We're all very sorry because of the childishness. It will never happen again. Oh, let's say something nice to Andrea Simmons then. Right. You're a very good newsreader and you've always really coped good. very well. You cope very well with our childish pranks. We've been very, very naughty. And I always loved you. G there, G never, ever attempted to say anything scurrilous or untowards. <laughs> 88 to 91 FM, this is the news. Radio 2, BBC. Russell, here's the news now at 11 o'clock. This is Andrea Simmons.